Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the 8 o'clock a.m. service. We are so glad to have you here. If any of you came by the church and found it locked, we apologize for your lack of understanding about this time change. I think they're moving it to eventually not exist, which would be great, you know. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Shall we pray together? Dear God in heaven. Pour out your Holy Spirit from heaven above. Let it soak into our hearts and our lives that we might be mindful of you. Help us to join with a great cloud of witnesses from all generations who have worshipped you as we come to worship and celebrate this morning on All Saints Day. Bless us in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I'd like to invite you, if you're able, to stand as we're going to sing together for all the saints.
with you. Please be seated. This morning we do have one clipboard going around in each section for the Seneca Street dinners, and then one clipboard going around the whole church. This is for altar flowers and bulletins. So I'm going to start it on this side and we'll let it pass through the whole whole sanctuary. Good morning. How is everyone today? Good? Yeah. Sun is shining. The storm's over. Isn't it a blessing? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, I, am, I am grateful for so many things, and I know you are too, and I know that Carl Coles has some thankful stuff he wants to say too, so you can just talk in there. All righty. Um, we had a great fall fish fry season, one of the best we've had in 10 or 12 years. Um, 496 was Friday. Uh, our, our average... We averaged 66 dinners more than last year, and 100 more than two years ago. So, um, the fish fry is successful because of everyone that makes the fish fry one of their missions here at the church. So, I'm thankful for that, grateful for that, because whether you're here on Thursday or Friday morning or Friday night, there's no small contribution. So, thank you very much to everyone and the office staff as well. Thanks. And, you know, I want to say the, um, the key word there that Carl used is mission, because it is a mission. There have been people who have come to church for worship because of having come for the fish fry, because of being blessed by seeing the, the work that is done in this church for God and for the community. It is a blessing. Um, I am blessed this morning I want to share. I found on my desk this morning um, a bag with a mug, a beautiful mug in it, and some cookies, and a whole lot of children's names written on the back saying, thank you, Pastor Lisa. And I was just so blessed. I don't know who was behind that, but those, those children are such a blessing to me and I know to all of you. What other joys do you have to share this morning? Kelly's got a joy. Amen. And it is past Halloween, so Christmas is, is almost legal right now, right? Yeah. Uh, but but it, is, it is the time to start, to start getting, making those preparations. Are there any other joys this morning to share? Yes. Becky. Amen. Three wonderful grandchildren you got to spend time with. That is a blessing, Becky. Any others? Yes. My 
State band for, for your granddaughter, Skylar. Amen, amen. That is a blessing to have a privilege and an honor like that for such talent. Are there any other joys to share? Yeah. Hey, Jan. Jan is here. She's a joy. Here we go. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Jan is grateful for the church and for all of the prayers she has received. We are so blessed by God. Amen? Amen. With all of those blessings, we're filled to overflowing, so let's share some of that overflowing blessing with God in our gifts, tithes, and offerings.
Dear Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks and praise for this day that we may offer ourselves and all the gifts you have, you have blessed us with for your service, that the purpose of your kingdom would be fulfilled. We offer this monetary gift to you today, Lord God, asking that you would bless it, multiply it, and give us wisdom to know how to best use it for the furtherance of your kingdom, that many would come to salvation in Jesus Christ. It is in his name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. We do have. I know that we have also unspoken needs that are on our hearts. God hears those prayers as well. Whether you join me from your seat or at the rail, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, you love us more than we can even begin to imagine, and you care for everything about us, even numbering the hairs on our heads, Lord God. You, you care that much about us. Lord God, we just pray in Jesus' name now for all of those who are sick and infirm, those who are in need of a healing touch from you. In their hearts, Lord, in their, in their brains, in their other body systems, in their backs, in all of the parts of their bodies, Lord God, that are being afflicted. We pray also for their souls and for their spirits that they would be drawn closer to you and begin to understand and realize the depth of your great love for them, that each one is held in the palm of your hand and that you will accomplish your will and good purpose in their lives. Father, we pray for those who are remembering their loved ones who have gone on before, for those who are in the, in the depths of immediate grief, for those who have returned to a sense of normalcy in life, knowing that there will always be those memories, the sense that someone is missing, but at the same time rejoicing that they are in your hands, Lord, in your care, and that we can also hope for eternal life because of that. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that you would look after those who have nowhere to be, who have to sleep on the street or in a parking lot or under a bridge, we pray in Jesus' name that you would make a way that the people that you so abundantly bless can reach out to know how we can give, how we can help, how we can pray for them. We pray also, Lord God, for all of those who are affected and afflicted by natural disasters, those who are having to flee their homes and their businesses because of fire and flood, those who have lost loved ones, who have lost everything because of these kinds of disasters. We just ask that you would bless them, Lord. Help us to know how we can bless them, too. Bless those, Lord God, and give strength and endurance to all who have gone to help, who you have called to be present with these suffering people, wherever they are. 
We pray, Lord, for all of those who are victims of violence of all kinds, who, through no fault of their own, have been harmed. We just pray in Jesus' name that they would be comforted and drawn close to you and that those who have perpetrated violence would turn from their ways, see your face, and follow you. For it is your goodwill to redeem all of creation and everyone in it. Lord, we pray now for ourselves that you would make us well able to minister in whatever way you've called us to, to minister to one another here in the church and to reach out into the wider world. Wherever you bring us in contact with people, Lord, let us be a blessing. Let us shine your light. Let us share your love and your hope and your, and your richest blessings with them. Not so that we can receive thanks, but so that you may receive glory. Bless us through this worship service as we sing songs of praise and hear your words spoken. As we hear the message Pastor Tom has for us today, just bless us, Lord, and make it to be a blessing to Pastor Tom, but make all of our worship to bless you. We have come to bless you, to glorify you. Help us do that well, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's come before the Lord now and offer up our confession because God knows who we are. God knows we are not perfect, but when we acknowledge it in ourselves, God can cleanse us. We open the way for forgiveness and redemption. Heavenly Father, I have sinned. I have not loved you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I have not loved my neighbor as myself. Forgive me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I want to be your light shining in dark places. Keep me in a place of redemption so I can bring your love to everyone I meet. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God loves us so much. Before we even knew we needed to be delivered of sin, he already took care of it. All we need to do is reach out and take hold of him. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Let's hear from the word of the Lord. This morning's scripture is from the book of John, verse 4. Chapter 4, verses 4 through 19. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sechar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Joseph's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. <clears throat> when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, 
If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where do you, can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have, said, what you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning, we're talking about redemption. As we've been looking at in this whole sermon series, how can we redeem our lives? And in this case, how can we redeem our relationships? How can we redeem our love for one another? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. What if, what if you don't love yourself? What if you've got a really bad self-image? What if you're, you're, you're not really thinking much of yourself? We're using different superheroes to kind of illustrate this sermon series. And the one that, well, has not been looked upon very fondly or with a whole lot of respect is... Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman riding around on some weird little pony in some frou-frou outfit. Really, seriously, this guy gets no respect. There's a lot of people in life that have a struggle with respect. Jesus met a Samaritan woman at the well. He was tired. He was thirsty. Now, so he came by a well, but when he got there, there was nothing to draw water with. So if you can imagine being that close to the water that would quench your thirst, but you can't get it. And along comes this woman with a jar. She can get the water out of the well. So he says, could you get me a drink of water too? Now, I don't know if Jesus knew this, but that's an old sales technique. I learned that when I was selling things door to door. Believe it or not, I did that years ago. I actually had a guy come to my door selling stuff yesterday. I haven't seen that in years. And what you do is you, you ring the doorbell, and when the person comes to the door, you say, um, ma'am, what? Excuse me, but could you get me a glass of water? And immediately you're welcomed in, and you get into the house, and because they did you a favor, now they want to actually buy stuff from you. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but it works, just in case you ever go into door-to-door -door sales, right? Jesus asked her for a drink of water, and she said, seriously, dude, 
You're a Jew. You're a rabbi. Are you talking to me? Because you see, the truth is, a rabbi wasn't supposed to talk to a woman. That's kind of the world we're in right now. I have to be very careful who I talk to, where and when, when I'm alone. And I understand that. That makes sense. So the women didn't talk to the rabbis much by themselves. But it wasn't that she was a woman that was the big issue. It was that she was a dirty, rotten, crummy Samaritan. Now, you might not know anything much about Samaritans, but they were, they were kind of a messed up group of people, according to the Jews. In fact, the Jews thought so little of the Samaritans that they would go 50 miles out of their way on a trip to avoid walking through Samaritan territory. They didn't like them. If you know anything about the history of Israel, back when the nation split into two kingdoms, there was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom, and the northern kingdom is where the Samaritans were from. And that kingdom fell first, and the people were taken off into captivity, but not everybody. There were just regular folks that were left back there. You know, the kind of regular people that did the work, that, that, that took care of things. Not, not the people who were kind of like privileged. Those people went into captivity. So when the people who were special, you know the folks I'm talking about, the people that were the best educated, the best qualified, the best bloodlines, the people that were the nobility and such, when they came back, they found this group of people that used to be Jews, but now they had mixed with the people in the area, and they didn't quite have the right customs, they didn't have the right bloodlines, and they said, these people are Samaritans. We're going to have nothing to do with them. Now, the fascinating thing is, is that they worshiped the same God, they had the same ancestors, they believed in the same things, but these people didn't measure up. When they went to rebuild the temple of, of, of Israel in Jerusalem, the Samaritans offered to help. Hey, you're our new neighbors, we'd be glad to help you. And the Jewish people said, yeah, right, like you're good enough to work on the house of the Lord? They didn't like Samaritans, if you haven't gotten the picture. So when Jesus comes across this woman who's a Samaritan and says to her, can you give me a drink of water? She's like, you've got to be kidding. You people don't even talk to us. And now you're asking me for something like a drink of water? Like my hand will touch what your hand touched? That's like Aquaman. He never really fit in. I mean, you know, we can relate to Batman, even Superman, I mean, for goodness sakes. But Aquaman's sort of like half fish. We don't talk to fish. I mean, maybe you talk to fish, but they don't answer, right? It's just sort of like not what we do. They're, they're not warm, they're not fuzzy, they're fish. We fry them, that's what we do with fish. And Aquaman is a half a fish. If we want to have good relationships with one another, it requires respect. And not a one-way respect, but respect for both sides. Without respect, you end up with abuse. And that doesn't lead to anything healthy. The difficulty is, is we spend so much of our time looking for faults, looking for problems. Because we feel if somehow we can find a fault in someone else, we can feel better about ourselves, and we're on a quest in life to be successful, to be accepted. 
feel somehow satisfied. In Ecclesiastes, King Solomon said that he's seen everything we've ever done in life. And in the end, it's meaningless. Chasing after the wind. Trying to catch something we can never get. It's not big enough. It's not enough. We can't ever quite get to where we feel good about who we are. And so when Jesus tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves, and we don't feel so good about ourselves, how do you think we're going to treat our neighbors? Jesus says to this woman, go call your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. Says, yeah, you've had five husbands, and the guy you're shacking up with now isn't your husband either. Not a judgment, just saying. (laughs) Boy, that must have made her feel good, huh? One step down some more. But all Jesus was doing was pointing out the fact of life for all of us. If I could peer into your secret life, into the mind in your heart that no one sees, I think I'd find what you'd find if you looked into mine, that we all fall short, that none of us measure up, none of us are good. Yes, we can point out this woman, but which one of us has no sin? Which one of us has no faults? Redemption is when grace breaks through the broken relationships and the broken people and helps us to feel okay about ourselves so we can feel okay about each other. She says that she wants the water Jesus offers. Give me this water so I don't have to come to the well to draw it again and again and again. And Jesus says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He's not talking about water, obviously. He's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. He's talking about God within us. He's talking about something that goes way, way beyond something that will quench our thirst or satisfy even our hearts for a short time. It's about God accepting us. A lot of people think that what we come here about is to learn about our faith and we learn about religion. This woman actually went into a theological discussion with Jesus about where's the right place to worship. Should it be in Jerusalem or on a mountaintop? And Jesus says, you know, all these things you argue about in religion don't matter very much. In the end, they aren't the thing that's going to sustain either your faith or your relationships. It's the power of God welling up inside of us that we call the Holy Spirit of God. That aspect of God that's not way out there, not even that aspect of God that's reaching out to us, but that aspect of God that really is with us dwells in our hearts and loves us. We don't think our way to relationships with people or even with God. The religion won't satisfy, but Jesus gives us the presence of God that says to us, we're okay. We're accepted. We're loved. That's a word we bandy around all over the place, but really to just feel that somewhere out there, there's someone that loves us, someone that accepts us, that takes us for who we are no matter what. Redemption 
is God reaching into our desires and filling them up and saying to us, we are loved. I've got a family, like some of you have a family, except for the ones that were hatched. I have a family. And some of them are pretty messed up people. Anybody else have a family? No, don't raise your hand. They're sitting next to you. Don't raise your hand. Some of them are pretty messed up. But when we get together, we don't talk about what's wrong with each other. Oh, I heard you really messed up last week. We don't do that. We love each other. We assume we're all kind of a little messed up. They assume I'm messed up, and they're right. I assume they're messed up. But we love each other anyways. We don't agree on anything. When you get us in a room together and we start talking about any subject, the volume keeps going up higher and higher and higher. Anybody else have that? We're from an immigrant family. We're loud. It's the kind of people we are. We're not soft-spoken. We feel passionately about things we don't agree on. In the end, we love each other anyways. Because we're family. Because we're family. Family matters. Today's All Saints Day, the day that we remember the family. The ones who have gone before us. The ones we miss being in our lives. The ones we, we, we feel sad because they're not here with us. And it's not just our families that are our relatives, but the family of God. The ones who welcome the stranger for us. The one who took care of the poor and the needy. The one, the one that was there with a smile when we weren't looking for it. Or a word of encouragement. The church is intended to be the redemption center. The church is supposed to be the place where we can come with all our brokenness, all our flaws, all our mistakes, all our problems, and even if people know what they are, they love us anyways. You know, there's one thing I brag about this congregation more than anything else. This is a great church. But the one thing I brag about, if I call hold up one thing about this church, is that you love each other is that people accept each other even though they don't agree at all. Some vote this way, some vote that way. Some think this way, some think that way. Some have money, some don't. People come from all kinds of places. And even when we disagree, we love each other. Because that's the way God intended the church to be, the redemption center. For the people of God. Amen? And that's how we heal broken people. That's how we heal broken relationships. Not by figuring out how we agree, but by getting past the disagreements because love breaks through the brokenness. And it is so easy to find fault with anyone. I've been told I'm a privileged white guy. Probably am. But I'm also the grandson of an illegal alien, so I want you to just mess with that in your mind for a little while. Yeah, my grandfather snuck in the country. That's true, too. Christ went to this 
well alone. He didn't wait for the other apostles to show up. He had a reason for that. Could you imagine what would have happened if they would have come with him? You imagine that he would have gotten anywhere near this Samaritan woman. They would have made sure this woman got nowhere near Jesus. Oh, and isn't that the worst thing about religion is when it's the people who call themselves Christians keep other people from Jesus because of our prejudices, because we don't think alike, because we don't have the same politics, because we don't have the same gender or race, or because somebody made the wrong comment, or because somebody's the wrong age, or they like some kind of different music. But when we break other people, we break the heart of God. And that doesn't make God happy. Aquaman was a little boy. You might not know that. He didn't just, like, show up full-blown. And when he was a little boy, he actually went to an aquarium, and this is what happened. Hi, fishy. Hi. My name's Oswald. What's yours? Guys, hungry? Check it out. Too. Arthur is talking to the fish. Such a freak, Arthur. No. What are you gonna do about freak? get a guy who controls the whole oceans mad at you. It's not good to get a guy who controls the whole universe upset with you. You remember just before the flood in the book of Genesis, we read these words. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. And next came the flood. We like to sing about it like it's a happy song about animals going into a boat. It was only good for the people that got on the boat. God was angry. I figured the best way to do it was just to wipe everybody out. But even God learned a lesson during that time, and he said, I'll never do that again. Because anger and hurt and wiping people out just leads to more anger and hurt and frustrations. So Jesus brought a new way, and it's called grace. He brought a new way, and it's that God loves us. Not because we deserve it, not because we're good enough, but because God is good enough. In 1 John chapter 4, it says to us, we love because he first loved us. Not what we did, but what he did. Jesus accepted this Samaritan woman. When we read these lines, we're thinking, you know, it's some kind of smart aleck woman. You, you talking to me? 
That's a broken woman. A woman whose life has fallen all apart, who feels rejected by everybody. Are you really going to talk to me? Would you really have a space in your heart for me? And God had a space for her and has a space for you and for me. It says in verse 28 of this chapter that she left her water jar. The very reason she came to the well, because everything in life doesn't matter anymore when we compare it to the grace and the love and the wonder of God. She went back into town and said, come and see somebody who told me everything I ever did and still loved me. Could this be the Messiah? And they all came out. Having the love of God in our hearts changes everything. Over the years in my life, I've had people who have um, attacked me. Anybody else ever have somebody come after you? I remember I was lying on my back in a hospital bed in Wyoming, New York. Couldn't function in any way. And a woman in, in the church who had been this great supporter of mine decided this was the time to get rid of the pastor. So she called a secret meeting to get rid of me. Fortunately, the people of the church didn't quite agree, so they called my wife who came down and said, your meeting's illegal, you shouldn't be here. And why are you doing this anyways? When I got back on my feet, I asked an older pastor, why would she do such a thing? I don't understand. You know, like the dog looks at you when you've hurt the dog? Why? And he said something startling to me. He said, well, obviously she doesn't have the love of God in her heart. I thought, how can anybody say that about anyone? Judge not lest you be judged. He said, if she did, she wouldn't act that way. Love changes everything. It changes how we approach life, what we think about everyone. Love transforms us. The grace of God that God loved us first gives us the ability to know we are loved so we can love. He continues in John to say to us, whoever claims to love God yet hates their brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us the command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. A few years later, I was at a, a festival in that little village, and who do I run into but the same woman who comes up, throws her arms right, oh, Pastor Tom, it's so good to see you. And I hugged her and said, it's good to see you too. See, love can break through the brokenness. It can change everything. These are relatives. Didn't you hear what she said? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all those people, they have common ancestors, their family. Their family. We need to love our family, love the people we should love. Stay connected. Not look for some reason to break apart, but look for some reason to break through the brokenness. My uncles and father fought with each other for 20 years. 20 years, I never knew my cousins. We never got together as family. And one day, they just decided not to hate each other and got together and had a party. But we missed 20 years. It's not worth anything to fight with the people we should love. He stayed with the Samaritans. 
stayed with him. These, these are the people the Jews avoid, go 50 miles out of their way to avoid. He stayed with them for two days. God wants to redeem our relationships. God wants to redeem who we are. He wants to do it forever and ever. In the book of Revelation, God says this. The one seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. This is trustworthy and true. God is making us a new creation, a new possibility, a way of seeing things entirely different. They finally did that with Aquaman, by the way. This is the new Aquaman. Oh, not messing with that guy, are you? Oh, wow, that's a little different than some guy riding on a frou-frou pony. If they could remake Aquaman, imagine what God can do for us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. There were some, some people asking Jesus what were the great commands, and, 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 and he asked them to give that answer, and they did. And then they said, but, but tell us, tell us, who's our neighbor? Who's the neighbor we're supposed to love? And Jesus told him a story. He said, there was a, a guy who was traveling on a trip, and, and a couple of guys came along and beat him up, took his clothes, took his money, left him in the ditch to die. He said, along came a pastor. He saw the guy in the ditch, but he had a meeting to get to, so, you know, somebody else will take care of that. And he went on his way. It says, and then a guy who was a Levite, someone basically who works in the church, came by and saw the person lying in the ditch and said, I'll probably get in trouble with my boss if I mess with that. No, I've got other things to do. Then he said a Samaritan came along. You know, those dirty, rotten, nasty, mean, horrible, low-life Samaritans came along. And he took the man and he bandaged his wounds and he put him on his mount and he took him to the hotel and he said to the hotel owner, you take care of him, here's some money and if it costs more when I come through, I'll pay for it. And he said, who's the neighbor? Who's the neighbor? We don't think of Samaritans as rotten, do we? Because we think they're the good Samaritans because God changed them. God gives us love and loving neighbors so that he can transform us and make us into something beautiful, something new, something amazing.
many, many years ago as a pastor, I was wondering, how could we get the people of our church to be friendlier? And I said, I know what we need to do. We need to share the Holy Spirit with each other all the time. Some people say, I don't like that friendliness stuff, you know, touching other people. They got germs and stuff. (laughs) But we need to do it anyways. So pass the Spirit of God with one another. Also, by the way, there was a. I have it in G, but I can play it in a short What? What do you took of it? Uh, I've got That's G. That's why I had the case over here. I know. We're we'll making sure we're going to play together. What are we playing? In G. Okay. Cool. G sound. Jesus Christ are part of the family of God and welcome at this table. 
No matter who you are, where you come from, who you've been, God loves you, and you are welcome at this table to join us as we celebrate the meal, the gift that God has given to us. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Miriam and Moses, God of Joshua and Deborah, God of Ruth and David, God of the priests and prophets, God of Mary and Joseph, God of the apostles and the martyrs, God of our mothers and our fathers, God of our children to all generations. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you. Holy are you. Holy are you. And blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, who came to walk amongst us, not that we deserved it, not that he should be like us, but because he loved us that much. He gathered with the Samaritan woman just as well as he gathered with the princes of the earth. He gathered with his disciples, even though he knew they would deny and betray him. He took the bread. He gave thanks to God and he broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you for the forgiveness of sin. Eat of this, remembering me. When the supper was over, he took the cup and gave thanks to God. He gave it to his disciples and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. It's poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Drink of this, remembering me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ Christ has died. Christ Christ is risen. risen. Christ Christ will come come again. again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. And on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with all your saints, especially those whom we name before you. Richard Dick Anderson. Jean Beeger. Donna Blandowski. Arlene Bobsing. Carlton Bordas. Eric Damon. Helen Dietz. Robert Dimmick. Douglas Find, Richard Finicky, Andrew Foyt, Sandy Garrick, Paul Hassel, Stephen Hayes, Sandra Hayes, Edward Harrington, Robert Herman, Elizabeth Heimers, Linda Canoodala, Dakota Cody Lee, Judy McCoyak, Jane McCoyak, Ryan Masterson, Kenneth Mayer, Joanne McNamara, Jenna Meeland, Bill Metzger, Elaine Nowak, Joanna Papaleo, Jim Phillips, Ed Pierce, Sally Ann Reed, Tom Rubens, Warren Rose, 
Linda Rose. Donald Rosinski. Emily Rupert. Max Smith. Reverend Eldon Snyder. Sandy Seuss. Norma Stewart. Sabina Taylor. Daniel Teasdale. Scott Trigg. Joseph Ventura. And Norman Wilson, Sr. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, strengthen us to run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, as confident children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us in saying, Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For those who are assisting at the table, come forward at this time, please. invite you if you're able to stand as we're going to sing together where charity and love prevail.
Do you think Jesus even saw a Samaritan woman? I don't think he even saw it. I don't think he knew it until she said something. I think when he looks at us, he looks at us the way he, when he created us. It says in the book of Genesis, he looked at you when you were born and said, oh, this is very good. Awesome work. Best I've ever done. I like this. Nothing like the rest of them. It'll be interesting to see how they get along. God loves us. And all he sees is the face of God smiling back at him. You want to see the face of God? Look around you. It's right here. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And love the God in your neighbor and live in peace. May God go with you now and always. Amen.